when he was 30 years old. And before he became known as a miracle worker and as a great prophet, the Lord Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. The heavens parted as the Spirit appeared and came down on him at the voice of the Father. You are my Son, the Beloved. My favor rests on you. That was the baptism of the Lord, which today we celebrate. In his baptism, what happened in Christ's baptism, what happened is that God the Father and God the Holy Spirit revealed that Jesus of Nazareth is God the Son, that he is truly God, one in being with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Although, since he never had any sin, the Lord did not need to be baptized with John's baptism of repentance. He undergoes this baptism. He willingly undergoes this baptism and thus gives baptism he does thereby two things. He, he gives baptism his approval, and he brings the Holy Spirit of God into the waters of baptism. When the Son of God went down into the water at the hands of John the Baptist, he gave water the power of God by his baptism, which is ultimately his baptism of blood, on the cross for the remission of sins at Calvary, Christ made baptism to be the washing in the blood of the Lamb for the remission of sins. Baptism became, there became a spiritual washing what water what washing with water does to the body now since the purification of the water by Christ by his blood on the cross the baptism does to the soul by the power of Christ it washes the soul it is the washing of the soul the water of baptism is the is if you if you like the soul soap and confession is the reiteration the sacrament of confession is the reiteration of that washing of baptism if you will baptism is not baptism is non-repeatable but mortal sins are washed by the blood of Christ by his washing through the sacrament of confession it's the soul soap. The blood of Christ is the soap of the soul. The only soap of the soul. Where no psychologist can do anything. As, as, as much good as he might do. And he might do harm. Men are as limited as the, as the wit and the science of men. But God reaches down to the bottom of the soul of a man to clean him when he applies his washing soap to the soul.
the man opening himself up to the Lord. Original sin and every actual sin and the guilt and eternal punishment for sin is completely wiped away by this washing, by the virtue of Christ's cross. So that baptism is a cleansing like no other cleansing on earth. It is the most profound cleansing that exists because it reaches into the places in the depths of the human person where no one, only God, can enter. Where you are alone with God in the depths of your being. So that your baptism was the day on which God made you superlatively pure, most pure, interiorly more pure than the whitest snow, for real. So that we can say that the day of your baptism was your, again, if you'll permit the expression, your immaculate conception. You were conceived with original sin. Well, that conception was was renewed at your baptism by the blood of Christ. You were made immaculate by the power of God. What Christ had done by a double anticipation, anticipation in the person, in the soul of Our Lady, making her immaculate at her conception in St. Anne, He did for you at your baptism. That is what is meant by the scripture that says, Though your sins be as red as scarlet, I will make them whiter than snow. This cleansing power was given to the baptism of the church by Christ himself, by virtue of his baptism. Christ commissioned the church to confer baptism in the name of God on the day of his ascension. He said to the apostles, the last words of Christ before he ascends back to the Father, he commissions them, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the first significance of the baptism of the Lord, that He gives the cleansing power to the water by his being cleansed by the water. He who who, was completely pure, who needed not to be baptized, he did not need to be baptized, he was baptized. When Christ was baptized, the water didn't wash him, he washed the water and made it a washing water. He made it a cleansing flow, gave it the power to clean our souls. It is the baptism of Christ by his blood that that we have the cleansing and the purifying power of God in the sacraments. It is first through this washing that he makes his followers sharers in the saving power of his suffering and death unto the remission of sins and life everlasting. That is what the water means. The bloodbath of Christ for our sins is what it means. And Christ's baptism also brings the Holy Spirit with it and makes us sons of God. That's the second meaning. First is the purification. The second meaning of Christ's baptism is our divine filiation in Christ by our adoption into the the person of God. What happened at the Lord's baptism was a foreshadowing of what would happen at every baptism thereafter. 
Baptism is divine adoption. When a person is baptized, God cleans the person of every defect and makes him the temple of of God, of the Holy Spirit. At every baptism, the scene of the Jordan is repeated. The sky splits open and the Holy Spirit of God comes down into the newly baptized who is recreated into a son of God and God repeats his paternal claim for that person in his son. You are my son, the beloved. My favor rests on you. That is what baptism does. What God does at baptism. What he did at your baptism. God said, I like you. And he likes you because he loves you. And that's the greatest indication of that is he died for you. And that's what, and he applies the merits of that at the baptism. That is what Christ, God, did at your baptism. He adopted you and recreated you by the washing water that washed your soul. He made you into his beloved son. You are my son, the beloved. I am pleased with you, he said to you. Think of what this means, the the fact that God likes you. He gives you his approval, which is the, the approval outside of which it is, that is real approval when God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you because of your association with his son. When your parents brought you to be baptized, they gave you the greatest gift that could have been given to you. They made you a son of God. You went from a mere man to son of God. That should make you feel very grateful to your parents and to the priest who baptized you. This realization that baptism is an ecclesial reality, which is also indicated by the fact that Christ was baptized by another man. If anyone might have had a right to administer a sacrament to himself, it would have been Christ. But he, he had to be baptized by the prophet of God, by the priest of God, which, which emphasizes the ecclesial reality of true religion. God is real. We don't invent him ourselves. You receive him. You have to receive him from the church, from the consecrated ministers of the church, those sent by God consecrate us to God. We don't consecrate ourselves any more than Christ baptized himself. Every sacrament comes from from another, from Christ himself. So that we have a commission from God to, to be sons of God and to help others to realize their dignities of sons of God, their dignity as sons of God. Our God-given mission is to realize the dignity that God has given us and to help others realize that they too are called by God to be holy as he is holy. Especially those whom we should assist in this is those who are born of God, as St. John said in the, in the epistle. Those other Catholics, we should assist other Catholics in realizing who they are, sons of God, to be holy as God is holy. We are to spend our lives to spiritually conquer the world for Christ, to become a holy people in the peace of God. We who have been washed and made 
children of God, giving him the glory to gather all men into true peace, life, joy, and peace in the holiness and the gift of God.